0: On this episode of The Flop House we discuss Godzilla King of the Monsters cars <laughs> I'm Dan McCoy.
1: I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. And we're in Boston again. <laughs>
2: oh boy. Uh,
1: and Dan, when we're in Boston, what do we like to do on this podcast? Uh, well, we like
0: to do the same thing as we normally do, but we were... Try a... to take over the world. Pinky in the Brain. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Um... Uh, we Wait, about. was that set in Boston? Yeah, it was,
1: it was originally called uh, Pinky and the Brain's Boston Adventure. Okay. And then they were like, they never leave the cage, really. Uh-huh. Or they rarely do. So why are we calling out as Boston? If we just take Boston out of the title, uh-huh. then people can imagine it's happening in their town. And then the executives were like, that would be frightening if I had super intelligent mice in my town.
0: <laughs> but okay, you're Steven Spielberg, we'll do it. Um, so... <laughs> I'm sorry. Guys, listeners at home, Stuart just did the most amazing presentation. I really... Dan is really suffering. I really... I wish you had... I wish you had been here. I feel like... I wish you had been here. Dan has
1: has never in his life had a sexual or professional experience (laughs) that so satisfied him. The way that Stuart's... Presentation did. His mind is wiped. <laughs> he is spent. It really, it really is. I can't
3: <laughs> remember what we do. So someone else is driving this car, if you will. Ah! So what we normally do on this podcast, we watch a bad movie and we talk about it. And today we watch a movie and we're going to find out if it was bad or not. Today we watched Godzilla:
1: colon, King of the Monsters. That's right. Not. Godzilla King of the Monsters, like that's his last name, Godzilla <laughs> colon King of the Monsters, because a big monster's got a big colon. <laughs> they don't... Hi, I'm Elliot Kalin <laughs> for, uh... for... I'm Elliot Kalen for monster rectal health, as I stand up. <laughs> it's not anything any of us wants to think about, <laughs> that the monsters we love might in some way damage their rectums. And yet, if we all take a moment to pay a little more attention to the rectums of our monsters, their I'm... lives will be better for it, and we'll really appreciate it. Join me, won't you, on a journey Wait, where inside to... the monster pollen. Oh. I hope you've got wading boots and a spelunker's helmet, because I didn't bring enough for everybody. Well, we watched Godzilla King of the Monsters, yeah, and, and let's, uh... just, let's just say right off the top. Um, I was excited about this one because longtime listeners of the podcast will know that I'm an old-time G-Fan. Uh-huh. Uh, that means a not- fan of Godzilla, right? That's exactly what it means. Well, oh, Just trying to stay up to speed. Not, not a fan of the Giver. It's fine. Wait, what? It's fine. Why are you dragging the Giver into this? It, it's just not as good as... Do God's- I have to... I'm going to tweet Mark Hamill. No, don't do that. Now... As a kid, I loved the Godzilla movies. Here is how I felt as a kid. I've changed since then. I matured. Big monsters. Yes. Human-sized monsters. No. Thumbs down. Now I appreciate the human-sized monsters. Draculas, Frankensteins, the mummy I'm still not crazy about, uh-huh. Mams. You get them all. Anyway, <laughs> Mams, all of them. But Godzillas and their associated giant monster brethren were the best. So when they told me Godzilla was coming back, I was like, I am ready for this. Uh-huh. And then Matthew Broderick was like, I don't think you know. <laughs> this is not your daddy's Godzilla, my He friend. called me and he said, I think maybe you should sit this one out. And I was like, Ferris Bueller finally meeting Godzilla? Just like my fan fiction? You bet I'm going to watch it. I should have taken that day off, though, from Godzilla movies. And then there was the Godzilla movie from five years ago, and it was fine. So anyway, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Let's just go through this movie, shall we, folks? It's five years after Godzilla, the first movie, came out. When Godzilla emerged from the... That's the original Japanese Godzilla movie? No. It is five years since the last American Godzilla movie came out. It is... Which was just called Godzilla, right? It was just called Godzilla. Okay. It is five years after the events of that film. Godzilla merged, ruined San Francisco. Uh Worst pride day ever. Oh, weird. I mean, I feel like
3: gentrification has already ruined San Francisco.
1: Hot take, hot take, hot take. What the tech industry started, Godzilla finished. (laughs) Every time he knocked over a building, I was like, I hope it's full of, like, tech program coders. Wow. I was like, wow, calm down, Elliot. Yeah. And, you, and there was that shot of
2: all these people <laughs>
3: Elliot price- says he angrily types it into his iPad.
1: There was all these shots of people priced out of their homes going, thank you, Godzilla, thank you. <laughs> so anyway, it's five years later. Godzilla hasn't seen it in a while. Everyone's mad at Monarch, the official monster hunting organization whose logo looks like a bow tie. <laughs> if you saw the name Monarch and yep. the logo looked like a bow tie, You would think it was some kind of gentleman's website where you order bow ties online.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we're disrupting the bow tie industry. (laughs) And how would you do that exactly? Uh, well, I guess some sort of box service where every month you get a new bow tie. You so know, it's like so not a bad you're idea.
1: Never yeah. at, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're never stuck in one of those situations, those common everyday situations like, oh, I wish I had a bow tie, but w- what Wait, am I so it finds do? you wherever you are? Yeah, no, it's, it's delivered by drone.
1: Oh, okay. Great,
0: okay. Mm-hmm. And those drones look like monarch butterflies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the drones tie the bow tie around your neck because no one can tie a bow tie. Thank you. No one, even the inventor of the bow tie, Solomon Bowtie. Mm
1: hmm could not tie the bow tie but he had hooks for hands that's why
0: an old relative of mine
1: yeah <laughs> because you were related because you both had hooks for hands yep. and that's so that's <laughs> a genetic thing yep <laughs> So, anyway, Monarch, everyone's like, Monarch, what's your deal? And Dr. Sarazawa, Ken Watanabe from the last movie, he's like, we need to find a way to coexist with these monsters that keep stepping on us. <laughs> All right, let's find it. There's a family of scientists, and they're going to be the central characters of this here film. Uh, they are Vera Farmiga, Kyle Chandler, and their daughter Maddie. Actress's name, I don't know. But uh, she's the psychic girl from
0: Stranger Things, right? Yeah, she's 11.
1: Okay. No, uh,
0: Millie Bobby Brown.
1: She's, not, she's older than 11. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: She's a character her, eleven. That's her character's, character's name. name. Is eleven from the prisoner? No. <laughs> but it's what is? <laughs> it's just her name. It's like how briefly in the comic strip Peanuts there was a kid named three.
1: Or like how uh, how uh, Blossom's best friend was named seven.
0: No. Or six. Six.
1: six. Well, I thought she was better than six. <laughs> she deserved to be seven. Oh God. Anyway. Look, I'm sorry if that's a hot take on Blossom's best friend that she deserved better than the name Six. So anyway, these scientists, uh, they had a son who died on G-Day, which they don't call it in the movie, but they should. The day Godzilla attacked San Francisco. And they broke up It ruined their family. Now Vera Formiga is a scientist who lives in a monarch outpost where her daughter Maddie has the run of the place. So that when they go to watch a Mothra being born, her daughter just runs up to it and is like, let me touch the egg, let me touch the egg. And the government scientists are like, I'll allow it. Anyway... A mothra larva gets born and they calm it down with what we're going to call an orca, but it's a device that can identify and mimic a monster's bioacoustics. Let's just stop for a moment, guys. (laughs) Yeah. You're real fans of bioacoustics, right? Uh, uh, Yeah. Because that's uh, that's there's a lot of talk of that in the movie. That uh,
0: hi-fi company, I guess. Yep. Bioacoustics. Bioacoustics. Yeah, it, hi-acoustics. Yeah, it's like they're, they're a hi-fi company in a David Cronenberg movie. They <laughs> now install a record player in your belly. Okay, <laughs> keep talking. I mean, you that's have to all a, I have. You'd have be a pretty pretty big customer to hold a whole record. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, why should only the the the, the tiny be have hi-fi equipment? Elliot. You're right. (laughs) That's exactly
1: what I was implying, and I was wrong to do so. (laughs) Now...
3: We're going to talk about bioacoustics a lot today and it would be really easy for us to make a bunch of fart
1: jokes, right? (laughs) That is the ultimate bioacoustic, but for this one it just means Roaring that you can somehow track and also is what encoded in the DNA of the monster They don't they just use bioacoustics and hope that we're like, oh, is that a thing? Well, like uh, I guess it is. I don't want to seem dumb So I'm not gonna ask about it.
3: Is it It, like that thing on how like infants crying
1: is like hardwired into our brains to annoy us? It is to me because I've got one at home and he's always crying and I can't get it out of my head constantly ringing through my ears like a like the heart of the man I killed oh, Wow! but I killed him Air up the floor I buried him
3: under the floor so I mean, I for many reasons your children shouldn't be listening to this episode now it's oh. the
1: beating of that hideous heart and it's beating like this it's beating money the song like I don't know why anyway bioacoustics does, that, does
0: the heart have the rights to that song <laughs> uh, the heart wants what it wants Dan okay. <laughs> Including the rights to money. so. Seems like that heart would play heart, but c- carry on. I know, it, it wasn't worth me stopping you for that. Look, we both no, know maybe, what I did. Maybe look, put your notes aside and we yeah, can talk about this. Look,
1: if I, I can't
0: judge someone else for stopping
1: <laughs> something for a joke that's not worth it, let he who's a, who is not me cast the first stone.
0: I just know it's going to come up at my annual performance review, so I'm just saying that I know... Oh, your God. annual performance review is mostly going to be about your Twitter feed. Okay.
1: So... Uh, But they don't have a lot of time to commune with this Mothralare because Charles Dance walks in with his bunch of goons and they kill everyone almost.
3: He walks in or does he dance in?
1: (laughs) No, he walks in, unfortunately. He should dance in. Okay. But uh, he walks in and shoots everyone but Vera and Maddie, takes them and the monster calling machine. He's an eco-terrorist, it turns out, who thinks monsters should rule the world. He takes them to his base in Antarctica where, frozen in ice, they have... Monster Zero, the uh, ultimate monster, or I'll call him Ultamonster, <laughs> a sort of mega monster. The where uh... Yeah, he killed someone in front yeah. of a Rolling Stones concert. Okay. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> uh, and Monarch, they're like, how shall we catch a Vera Formiga? Only one person can. Her ex-husband, Kyle Chandler. He hates monsters. This is good screenwriting. The two characters have diametrically opposed views of monsters. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of like in the,
3: in, the, in the mummy movies, how in the first movie, the, Rachel Weiss's brother doesn't know a mummy exists. Second movie, he's terrified of mummies. Mm-hmm. By the third movie, he
0: hates them. <laughs> But I also uh, enjoy the fact that the the death of their child via Godzilla has led them to different conclusions. Kyle Chandler, more logically one might think, hates your Godzillas. I mean, and I don't want other wanna... monsters. Whereas Vera Farmiga looks at the Godzilla death of her child and I'm like, yeah, okay, more
1: monsters. She's like. Science wins out. Godzilla stronger than my son. I gotta go with the win I gotta go with the winner on this. She's like, some people like sons. I like sons that don't get crushed by monsters. Anyway, I didn't say it, she did in the version I just made up. So he hates monsters. You might as well go as far as to say he wants to destroy all monsters. Little Easter egg for the G fans out there. So monarch they track godzilla's bioacoustics cuz i guess you can do that cuz there's not a lot of noise in the sea i guess yeah he's swimming over to antarctica uh, it's almost like he's being drawn to monster 0 guys what do you think he's hoping to get out of this rendezvous with monster 0 maybe a friend or a battle i mean I those, those could are be really the same two thing options. yeah if you're a superhero, it's the same thing. You battle, then you're a friend. Uh huh. And then you, like, team up to
3: beat up poachers or. Probably poachers, yeah. Or the kingpin or. Yeah, he's a probably a poacher, too. Or uh, Kang or. Yeah,
1: yeah, Kang poaching people through time, poaching animals. Dormammu. Yeah, Jormammu is an interdimensional poacher. Poacher. <laughs> uh, Craven the Hunter. Mm, I don't see the connection. <laughs> so, uh,. Godzilla shows up and there's a bit or oh not yet. There's a big confusing fight between the monarch soldiers and the eco terrorists. It's very hard to tell what's going on. The whole thing ends with Vera Farmiga setting off an explosion that wakes up Monster Zero. Now they just keep they haven't named him officially in the movie, but we all know who he is, guys. You uh-huh. see those three heads and two tails popping up? It's King Ghidorah, everybody. <laughs> Now, do I feel a special connection to King Ghidorah because I dressed up as him for Halloween as a child one year, and my mother, working only off of my my verbal description of a monster with three heads, decided that, and this is a creative way to do it, but I was disappointed at the time because it didn't look like it, It, she gave me a headband and put two paper bags filled with cotton with monster faces drawn on them and attached them to the headband. Because all she knew was three heads, and like, Mom... I appreciate that you tried. That's the important thing. Yeah. But I had this elaborate imagination. In my head, I'm like, I'll have the one long neck in the middle for my head, and my arms will have necks also. Because God, because Ghidra doesn't have any arms. He just has the necks and the wings. But that's now, not how do you
0: think that you were going to elongate your own neck? I thought hormones would kick in okay. and do that.
1: <laughs> Still waiting. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, oh
0: shit. But <laughs> <beer> <laughs> oh, <park>. my God. <laughs> Take that, my adrenal glands and hypothalamus, I guess. Fear of Armiga lets loose this monster, and at this point you're like, huh? What? Because she knows that she likes monsters, but... Uh You didn't know she like-likes monsters. But you
3: did did not think that she would do so in a way that might endanger her
1: child and her ex-husband. Exactly. Like I was saying, you don't think she like-likes monsters. You think that's... What's her name from The Shape of Water, who's also on the Monarch team? You know why she likes the monsters. Sally Sally Hawkins. We all know why she likes monsters. Mm -hmm. For sex. Okay. (laughs) remember like a yeah, shape saw, of water yeah it wasn't water wasn't the only shape she was interested in i what <laughs> she's collects silhouettes anyway okay so there's a so uh there, uh Giedra wakes up and his heads are kind of bickering with each other and i was like this is great it's so efficient he's the disney villain and the goofy sidekicks all in the same monster uh he spits lightning like a freestyle rapper and godzilla shows up for a pretty blurry fight in the snow now stewart When I say I want to see two monsters fight, do you think I mean behind a screen of snow? Yeah, you want it to be as obscured as possible, right, Elliot? Yeah, yeah. And you say two monsters? That's teased. because
3: Godzilla bursts out of the ice and like saves everybody at the last minute, kind of like the T Rex does in all those uh, Jurassic World movies. Yeah. Do you think the T Rex was watching the movie and he was like, "That's my bit.
1: Like, he stole oh, my bit. He's I'm like, calling my lawyer. Let me. Oh no. You know, all those tiny hands
0: can't reach his phone. <laughs> and I like. The movie, I mean, he would just say, "Siri, call my lawyer." And the movie goes to a lot of lengths to obscure special effects as much as it can to the degree that like later on they're like, oh, there's a hurricane coming. Like that hurricane's moving too fast to be a hurricane. It's like, of course it's a monster, of it. but they're like, "Uh, I guess monsters move around with hurricanes in them so we can not see the bad CGI, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's like they wanna go as far as to be like, this monster only exists in shadow. (laughs) You know what, it's a monster that only destroys buildings when our eyes are closed. And someone's like, you know what the real monster is? The human heart. (laughs) Think about that, don't need a special effect for that. Okay, so anyway, Godzilla's on the ropes. Uh Uh-oh, it looks like the G-Man's not doing well against the other G-Man, although he's not called G yet, he's Monster Zero. But then some bombers come by and they end it prematurely. It's the thing that always happens at the end of the first battle. We can't have a real winner or loser yet, so some bombers come in and blow it up. The same thing happens in the Bad News Bears. We all remember that, right? Yeah. And the... Maybe it was the director's cut. Uh, all the monarchies are like, how could Vera betray uh, us? Vera said that? And uh-huh. uh, she FaceTimes with them And she's like, hey, humans... I'm going to need some receipts. <laughs> yeah, She's like, humans are the world's disease and monsters are the cure. And they're like, what? And she's like, look, once the look at all these cities that the monsters destroyed, and we couldn't go back to. Now they're flourishing, biodiverse ecosystems. We just need some monsters to thin the herd of humanity, stomp on some cities. All of our Earth problems will be solved. And how, how does she show that, Elliot? With a lot of
0: suspiciously already queued up B-roll. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, did she produce this call? This is, this is like basically a Skype call, but they're just like, uh, so let me show you what I'm talking about. And it just like cuts to Koyaanisqazi, like, uh, stop... <laughs> You know, like, stop footage of, uh, of plants growing over <laughs> yeah. buildings and stuff. Yeah, clips
3: from Microcosmos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this isn't technically accurate, but I just thought it fit the musical cues. <laughs> I I, I've, up. <laughs> I've,
1: I've been dabbling with a little iMovie. I want to show you what I've been working on. I'm not... Only a monster releaser. I'm also an auteur, and I want to show you my new project. It's anyway. It's set to. It's set to the Bangles' "Hazy Shade of Winter." I mean, I know they didn't write that song. They did a cover of it. Sorry, get off my back. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, but this talked about attacking the audience. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just get so mad when I know people are gonna jump on me for the Bangles. Anyway, so the. Uh, there's a, there's a theme in this movie, which is people always having the pictures and videos they need to back up their arguments right at hand. There's another member of the monarch team whose sole job seems to be to just throw out images of monsters from old books and paintings and stuff and be like, monster, 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 monster. We've always had them with us. It's like these artists needed to communicate about this King Ghidra three-headed monster, and they just didn't know how. And she throws out William Blake's painting of the dragon, which... <laughs> She did not do her research. That's a representation of Satan. Come on, guys, come on. And it is a, as we all know, a specific message through the centuries to William Dollarhide <laughs> That he needs to go killing people. Anyway, so... He needs to go eat that painting. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: that is the strangest part, because it's also like, so this is an alternate universe where that painting doesn't exist anymore? <laughs> he can kill all those fictional people, but destroy a real painting?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, I like that Let's picture. Let's talk more about Red Dragon, everyone. <laughs> or William Blake. Now, you see, the thing is... Yeah? He blurred the line between he was poetry like, and mysticism. I and mean, he was one of the first, like, self-publishers of comics, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess Yeah, there's a direct line between him and Dave Sim. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Look, they both had some crazy ideas. Uh, Vera, she's just on a monster waking up spree. She wakes up Rodan before they can fully... Eva- before Monarch can evacuate Rodan. The sculptor? Island. Yeah, yeah, back- yeah. wakes up Rodan, who's like... I guess he's ah, a monster. Time to have affairs with my assistants. <laughs> and, uh, Rodan- uh, that was really a guess that you would know information about him. <laughs> time to make many, many bronze casts of each of my work. So when people are like, I saw The Thinker in Paris, it's like, yeah, cool, dude. It's all over the place. There's one in, I think, uh, Pasadena. Okay, so. <laughs> Welcome to the comedy cent- central
0: roast of Rodin. Yeah.
1: So, so Nanette can be full of art jokes, but I can't make art jokes? So uh, that's a double standard. So uh, Rodin has a yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, speak up for white guys against <laughs> Nanette, <probably. laughs> Dangerous territory. Almost as dangerous as being in Rodan's sights, because he's just flipping over jet planes left and right. Maddie is horrified that her mom did this. Anyway, Monster Zero comes up to beat up Rodan, and Rodan's like, Oh, I'm so sorry, sir, and bows down to King Ghidra. Literally, the monster is like paying obeisance, because Monster Zero's the new alpha. Uh-oh, unless Gojira has something to say about that, because guess who shows up? Uh, good Godzilla? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you did it right on one. He shows up and rips off one of Ghidra's heads.
2: Whoa,
1: whoa, that never happened in the old one. Uh, I mean, the old one was better all around, but still, that's when General David Strathern of the United States military military
2: looks,
0: sp- he got rescued sleepy? from uh, Alaska. Sorry, that's a limbo joke, everyone. John wow. Sales' limbo. <laughs> never seen so many blank faces. I mean, check and, out the works of John Sales. And what? I, and limbo. Lone Star. Anyone but Dan is right one one to spot. question because limbo ends on
1: a cliffhanger. A so, mm-hmm. so Isla Stilos' babies. What was the other one? Let's Just not dwell on it.
0: Let's okay. pretend
3: this
1: never happened. All right. Look, I, what? What?
3: People want us to talk about
1: John Sayles movies. (laughs) All right, he wrote the screenplay to Alligator. What do you want to know about him? (laughs) He wrote The Howling. I don't know what to tell you. Let's talk about the
0: return of the Seacaucus 7, everybody.
1: (laughs) Uh, I wish the Seacaucus 7 stayed where they were. I've never seen it. Anyway, so (laughs) General David straight there, and he launches a super nuke at the monsters. Uh, Doesn't work so well. Ghidra's fine. He even regrows his head in a pretty cool body horror scene. But Godzilla appears to be sad, appears to be dead how everyone- is uh, his bioacoustic Elliot? <laughs> Better than ever. <laughs> I mean, growing that new head, it really pushed him into a new area of bioacoustics, where yeah. he's kind of interrogating what we mean by bioacoustics. And he's playing with the fiber and the timber of the mm-hmm. sound. Yep. And so it's like he's gone back to basics in a way that puts a new spin on mm. what we thought about bioacoustics. Uh, it's weird, how are you, uh, how are you weird for me to say own? this, but I'm sorry I asked.
0: <laughs> uh, how, how are you enjoying your own John Sales moment there, Elliot? Mm, not well. <laughs> Looks like this John
1: Sayles should be half off. I'm saying we should cut John Sayles in half. Anyway, Godzilla appears to be dead, and the monarch people, who at this point really only know Godzilla for Smashing San Francisco, act real sad about it. Like, no, but he's the title character of the movie. How can we do this? And Kyle Chandler's like, I'm glad he's dead. And they're like, stop being a jerk. Anyway, all these monsters start waking up everywhere, including... This really cool monster that's like a trunkless mammoth gorilla. It's like a gorilla with huge mammoth tusks. It's like, what is this thing? Give him a movie. Uh Gurmammoth, Mamrilla, what is it called? Dan, Stuart, what is it called? Uh, Mammoth? (laughs) Mammoth? Like he's a man, but he's a mammoth. But he's not a
3: man. Wait a minute, he's not a man? (laughs) Mamilla.
1: Okay, Mamilla. Gramilla. Gr- Gr- no, but that's got very little mammoth in it. It's mostly gorilla. Gremlins Two. I like it. Okay, so he's called Gremlins Two New Bad. How about Buzzsaw? Okay. How okay, about Sub Zero? So no, I mean, there's already a Monster Zero, so that's doubly confusing. I also like how you're. Like, how about Dynamo? <laughs> okay, guys,
3: I'm gonna spoil it. Do you again. know any other characters from The Running Man? <laughs> <laughs> are
1: they are they public domain yet? Let's just call him Terry. His name is Terry, okay? <laughs>
0: so I like I like that you're like, give this monster movie too, though, like you're uh, Dom Delouise, the beginning of the Muppet movie, like going through the swamp, being like, oh, <laughs> a singing frog. That guy's got to be in pictures. And like, you're like... In the, in the rubble of this build, this this city as things crash down and you're
1: like, hey, do, do you have representation? Oh, I think you've got it. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of buzz. So these monsters are waking up everywhere. turns out now that monster, I'm just going to call him Ghidra. They haven't named him yet in the movie, but I'm just going to call him that because that's his name and I know it. Look, they like
3: read it on a scroll somewhere. They're
1: like, oh, this ancient thing calls him King Ghidorah. Well, I guess that's his name. And they're like, ah, the many who is one because he's got three heads. And I think one of you made the point that like, like, he didn't name himself that. Like, it's not like, oh, we figured. They, there's a lot in this movie of what I call Batman 66 logic. Because uh, there's a part in Batman the movie where they're like a, there's like a shark that's pulling on Batman's leg. And they're like, oh, a shark was pulling my leg. The Joker. It must have been. Oh, the whole thing's like an enormous riddle. The Riddler. And it's like, it's not evidence that you use that word when you're describing it. <laughs> and so there's a lot of them being like, oh, it's almost like they're moving like in a pack packs have alphas. The alpha must be this one. Ah, yes, and the bioacoustics. It's like, these are not words that the monsters are using to describe themselves. Like, they're just coming up with the stuff
0: off the top of their heads. And the movie also seems to believe that the more they explain the bullshit science, the more we'll believe it. Rather than like, the more logical thing is like, say the bullshit science really fast so the audience doesn't notice. Or don't even say it at all. Be like, monsters, monsters everywhere. Like,
3: blah, blah. <laughs> ah, ah, ah.
1: Monsters, I'm a monster. Monsters, 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 monsters. You get a monster, you get a Monster. I'll... Hey, guys, I want to talk to Hollywood for a second. So this is private, if you guys could not listen for a second. Uh-huh. Hollywood, this is just between you and me and maybe Dan and Stewart. I don't know. Look, I just like monsters, okay? So when I see a monster movie, I don't want to see people in it. I used to watch He-Man as a kid. You know which character I didn't like? He-Man. You know which character I did like? All the bad guys. Because they were monsters. It was. I wanted to go to store and buy monsters. Yeah. And that's what I did. I owned none of the human figures. I owned all, the most human figure I owned was Moss Man. Huh? Because he's so soft. <laughs> and he smelled like patchouli.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Guys, I'd like to talk to Paul Hollywood for a moment. Okay. okay. Quit pretending like you're you you do not like something and then shaking people's hands. We're, we're we're on to you. We get it. We've seen it. Stuart, do you want to talk to anyone? Uh I guess Paul
3: Newman? Sure. Okay, great. Uh you're pretty old to have the name Newman. <laughs> Particularly as, Should, a, as a dead man.
1: Yeah, I mean he died years ago. As
3: a guy who's dead. Should be Paul Oldman, no?
1: Now how do you feel about Gary Oldman? He's really grown into the name. <laughs> Who? <laughs> okay. But but you gotta admit that Michael Mann is pretty accurate, right? <laughs> I'll check! I think you know how he's going to check, Dan. I think you know how he's going to check.
0: Anyway, moving on. So
1: all these monsters are waking up, and they're all now Ghidra's slaves. If if King Ghidorah wants them to go wreck some cities, by God, they're going to do it, because the king told them. As Mel Brooks once said, it's good to be the king if you're a three-headed monster with no arms, because you have other monsters do your bidding, because again, you have no arms, just wings. It's harder to knock things down without arms. That is a direct quote from Mel Brooks. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, they're like, oh, only Godzilla could stop Ghidorah, and he's dead, what are we gonna do? Uh, and meanwhile, all this is happening, Mothra emerges from her cocoon in moth form in clear clarity, right guys? Well, I mean, Uh, it's behind a waterfall (laughs) that everybody is,
3: like, staring at and shocked about. I feel like so much of the direction of this movie was telling a large cast of talented actors to be amazed at things they can only imagine. (laughs) And now, guys... And then imagine being those actors and going to the actual movie and being like, I still can't fucking see it.
1: <laughs> now, I want to take a tangent and show you a little bit of Flophouse behind the scenes. Dan did not... was not interested. He didn't take kindly to the fact that whenever Mothra was on screen, I would sing as much as I remember... <laughs> Of the Mothra song that the Mothra twins sing in the original Mothra. <laughs> and, you know, I would be a cad if I were to force him to listen to it now and from an audience. No. Still can't believe we made it this far. Okay, keeping in mind, I do not know Japanese. This is just based on the sounds of the words in the song. Fave, and This is, is the problem right, oh, it right is, away. It is built right into away, 20 years zone. of life.
0: Okay, <clears throat> Danger, Will Robinson.
1: It just every time I see Mothra, I just want to hear... Masuraya, <laughs> Masura, masura. Uh. Onangatakuya, Kuya, Hindu moon, Busto ha, Humba, Humba, Huya, wow. Hamba Humba, Huya, I something else, Kasakuya. Masura nope, that's not Luke. Masura And this and is so sang forth.
3: by two tiny little women, right? Yeah, so yeah, two
0: tiny ladies, the, the Mothra twins So you're saying you don't speak Japanese
1: <laughs> <laughs> Strange as it is to believe. All right, so anyway, back to this movie, because that does not happen in this movie. Oh, boy. And uh, Maddie and Vera are fighting. She's like, you're the monster mom, which, to be honest, every parent hears at some point in their life, whether you're waking up monsters or not. Uh, but then she overhears Vera. <laughs> so what can you do? Just wake up all the monsters. Who cares? <laughs> she overhears Vera's plan to use the orca. Again, that's the monster calling, calming, talking to device. Uh-huh. It's like the machine Danny DeVito makes in The Simpsons to talk to babies. Uh, but for monsters, because I guess... A baby's kind of like a real-life monster. <laughs> They're constantly screaming, breaking things, ruining your life, and a monster's going to keep you up at night just like a baby.
0: Uh, Guys, you've had experience with babies, right? Uh, I guess that now that... Uh, I can't even make that...
3: Uh, moving on. <laughs> I mean, I have experience with baby the mystery of the lost legend. About
1: a dinosaur. It's just a monster.
3: Uh, Is it a secret?
1: I think I know about it. <laughs> so it's not really a mystery either. What are you trying to say? (laughs) I'm saying we'd better get back to the movie because she overhears her plan to use the orca to call Ghidra and then question mark, question mark, question mark, save the day. It's like step one, call Ghidra. Step two, something. Step three, no more monster problems. Where's she gonna find like a stadium to amplify that signal to make it loud enough that King Ghidorah's gonna hear it. Uh, Fenway, yeah! Boston, 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 Boston. Boston, Boston, Boston. That's right, watch Early out. Apparently accidental local color, woo! We didn't plan it, and it's good, because Boston does not come out well from the movie. Oh. Although, I will say, okay, just a little flash forward. There's all this destruction going on, yet yeah, that Sitco sign still standing proudly. <laughs> When they, I assume they landmarked that thing because Godzilla gingerly steps around it. <laughs> yeah. Rather than get any tr- in trouble with the housing commission. Or- yeah, there, there's a
3: point where King Ghidorah steps on a giant Dunkin' Donuts billboard, and I could just imagine my wife
1: being like, fuck you. Don't fuck with my donkeys. It's like the part in Transformers when Megatron just punches the American flag off the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> it's like, that seems petty. <laughs> So uh, the Monarch dudes, they find Godzilla recharging underwater in some kind of ancient hidden underwater temple. As if, I think as Stuart pointed out, he was Cthulhu, dead, waiting, at, hidden sunken Ralea. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's like, just like that. But instead, it's Godzilla, and it's super,
3: what, super, like, radiation-y? Yeah, the term? It's very radiation yi don't remember. Out. I don't remember. It was a while since I watched Chernobyl. They say radiation-y in there. <laughs> yeah, though, right? yeah, that's the
1: way you describe that. It's radiation-y.
3: <laughs> in between chain smoking. Stuart like, was
1: like, how many runtigans is it? Because <laughs> really want to show off what he learned from Chernobyl. <laughs> 3.5. That's as high as the meter goes. <laughs> so uh, they're like... Godzilla only...
3: lies there surrounded by graphite.
1: <laughs> and it made me... I was talking to Stuart and it made me wonder if... Uh, if So Dead Cthulhu lies sleeping in Ralea, if ever his alarm goes off and he's like, uh, and he just hits the sleep button and then let, like, sets the alarm for another million years. I hope he does. I don't want him to come back up. Anyway, uh, they're like, hey, there's only one way to wake up Godzilla, because he's a big dude. Set off a nuke in his face. <laughs> but we're in this submarine, and for reasons yeah. I've forgotten,
0: As the, we'll, the, the, bo- uh, the, the, the weapon systems don't work. Yeah, nukes are Godzilla's spinach. <laughs> He's like, da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, da-da-da, i am going to go get Ghidorah. Get, He's you like, know? ah, well, I'll I get Ghidorah. That's oh, a Di- pretty G- good impression. Oh, i I'm breathe with my fire breath.
1: blow me down, that kind of stuff. And and Mothra's uh, like, Popeye, Popeye, hell. And King Ghidorah's like, come with me. They're all mumbling under their breath constantly because they didn't want to animate the mouths, and no. didn't know what they were going to say. Godzilla's just walking past these beautiful parallax backgrounds. <laughs> That's an old Fleischer Brothers by <laughs> joke. Anyway, so uh, they're like, we have to set it off manually. And it's like, mm, yeah, I guess you do have to rip off the end of Pacific Rim. So anyway, uh, Dr. Sarazawa's like, I don't want to be in any more of these movies. I'll do it. <laughs> And he goes and he sets the nuke timer and then he turns to Godzilla and I think maybe even puts his hand on Godzilla's nose and Godzilla opens his eyes and he's like, goodbye friend, and then the nuke goes off. And Kyle Chandler is like, hey, you know what? I like Godzilla now. (laughs) I think it's time for us to team up with him. Oh! So anyway, back to Boston. That's right, Beantown. It has seen better days because King Ghidorah shows up. Maddie pulled off the plan. Ghidorah shows up. Maddie's like, I don't know what the second part of the plan was. And she's running around. Fenway is smashed, which is too bad because... It's sad to see another historic stadium torn down so they can build, what, some kind of mega mall that happens to have baseball in it and then name it after a company? Come on.
0: Dan, I know you have strong feelings about this. Uh, is that a reference to like things that happen in life? I don't even uh, I don't. You're not the baseball fiend. I thought you were. <laughs> we, we could call David uh, on the No, we don't need to do that. <laughs> we so you get your brother in Oh, that's okay.
1: We'll just move on. Anyway. <laughs> FaceTime for the audience. So. And anyway. No, that's all right. I, I like what you're, you're leading them up to a thing that's not going to happen. Yeah. I, there he is, we, folks! <laughs> if, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if we did FaceTime and he's like, yeah, it happens all the time. B-roll, B-roll, B-roll. It's already." <laughs> I had it queued up just for this call. Like, that's what you spent your honeymoon doing? <laughs> So, uh, Gidra shows up, she it. he's about to electrify Maddie, and I don't mean in an exciting Peter Frampton way, I mean in a, like, shooter with a lightning bolt, but then, who comes in to save her, stealing the Tyrannosaurus Rex's bit? Uh-huh. Godzilla! and he's got the American fleet behind him. Oh no, they got it there real fast. <laughs> anyway, it's like, its, own, it's like Boston's the site of D-Day 2, G-Day. I should have saved G-Day for this time instead of saying it earlier. And the problem is Godzilla, that nuke, he's so pumped up, but he's too pumped up. He's primed to explode like an atom bomb. How do the scientists know this? I don't know, but they even have a timer that tells them how long it's going to be before he blows doesn't up. Because yeah, he's all glowy. He's always glowy.
3: I mean, I, I don't want to go on a limb here. I'm not a scientist. But
1: I would imagine it has something to do with bioacoustics. Uh- Stuart, you make a fair point. The bioacoustics are going crazy. At this point, Godzilla has gone electric, just like Dylan. And the folkies are real mad. <laughs> They're like,
0: you lie!
1: Yeah, Pete Seeger's like, this is outrageous. Mm-hmm. Godzilla used to be cool. Godzilla steps on him. <laughs> and then Godzilla's like, bah, 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 which I guess sounds more like Marlon Brando and The Godfather <laughs> than Bob Dylan. <laughs> So uh, they start fighting. Mothra and Rodan start fighting. They have like a little side bout, uh, I guess, before the main title card. And Rodan's got Mothra on the ropes, but Mothra kills Rodan with her stinger. And it's like,
2: whoa. And we were
1: like, holy shit. And
3: we we're giving each other high fives. And Dan and I- gets up off the floor and starts like doing yeah. the Charlie oh, Brown.
0: Oh, what? I was asleep. I ran, I ran out of the hotel, took a few laps around the building, came back up. Mm-hmm. That's it.
1: Yeah, and I was gonna. More of that. Look, let me just say personally, I don't like that Rodan took a real, real heel turn in this one. Rodan, he'll always be part of the original threesome for me: Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan. <laughs> best buds. Not in this movie though. In this movie, Rodan's a real dick. So, uh, Godzilla and King Ghidorah are having this big fight, and this fight is when the movie kind of lives up to its potential for yeah. a little bit. They're fighting, and it's really cool. Ghidra grabs Godzilla in his talons and flies him into... The low Earth orbit? I don't know yeah. because then he drops him, and Godzilla is burning upon re-entering <laughs> the atmosphere. It's crazy, but they keep cutting back to the stupid humans so we can find out about their dumb stuff.
3: <laughs> and Godzilla collapses in the ground after he hits the Earth, and I was really hoping that his old friend
1: Charles Barkley would show up. I <laughs> mean, we talked a little bit about what would be the cooler thing uh, to happen at the end. It would it be if Ash showed up with a Pokeball and was like, "Looks like you need a little bit of Jigglypuff." What would it be? <laughs> Or would it be charles Barkley showing up would it be like uh, i don't know maybe the planet of the
0: apes apes show up i don't know yeah. i think when he hits the ground a like a cartoon godzilla ghost should have like come up from like yeah playing like, a little harp yeah yeah <laughs> and they're
1: like godzilla what a great trick yeah but i can only do it once <laughs> that would have been really funny for some reason i'm imagining nine ghosts like when a cat dies in a cartoon and has nine lives godzilla's got more than nine lives though as we'll see spoiler alert so anyway the Chandler clan is reunited. Wonderful. They fix the orca monster calling device and Vera sacrifices herself to drive away with it so that she can distract Ghidra long enough for Godzilla to recover. But she gets a super cool last couple words, right? Because Ghidra's like chasing after her and Ghidra's like, I'm going to lightning slap you, bitch. And uh-huh. she's like, I'm just, uh, I'm just interpreting what he said in his roar. I don't know. He's a jerk. He uses language like that. <laughs> and she goes... She goes, long live the king. And Elvis himself steps out and hits drove the head with a guitar. Yep. But there's two I more heads. Luckily, he's got two more guitars, because Jimi Hendrix is right behind him, and there's Ellie, Bob Dylan. Ellie, Ellie. I think that might have been when your ayahuasca kicked in. I don't know. Do you guys remember the part where the great gazoo came in and no. was like, let's dump this guy, dum-dums? <laughs> 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 and then like, my third grade teacher was there. And I've learned a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I woke up naked in the middle of Boston Common. <laughs> Just a tri hat on your penis. <laughs> but like a regular size one or a little teeny one? Yeah, yeah. Up to you. But if well, I not mean, like a little not, wig underneath? I mean, yeah. I
3: wasn't going to presume about the size of your penis.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Moving on. So... <laughs> Uh, So, because who shows up? It's It's Godzilla himself. And he is so super radioactive, he is melting buildings as he passes by them. Yeah,
3: he got extra pumped up this time because at the last moment, Mothra sacrificed herself and got blasted by King Ghidorah. And then her Mothra dust fell on Godzilla, I guess, and gave
1: him extra power. I think so, yeah. <laughs> like a one-up
3: mushroom. I was really hoping that a child somewhere would
1: be watching and be
3: like, he's getting power from her dust. I
1: mean, it is the, most, it is the moment in the movie that is most accurate to the Japanese <laughs> movies where that kind of stuff would happen. Instead, they posited by this point that Mothra is the queen of the monsters to Godzilla's king of the monsters. And one of the soldiers is like, so is there something going on between the two of them? And I was like, dude, get your mind out of the gutter. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not think about them that way. It's an honorary title. Come on. And again, but it's also one of those things where, like, she must be the queen of the monsters to his king of the monsters. And it's like, these are not the terms they're using to describe themselves. <laughs> Don't put labels on this relationship between a giant moth and a giant radioactive Tyrannosaurus type thing. Uh huh. But I guess she likes thicker monsters, Moth. No, like. uh, I do. <laughs>
3: Oh, lordy, when he comes running up on King Ghidorah.
1: Anyway, Godzilla, he unleashes nuclear blast after nuclear blast. It melts King Ghidorah like the gremlins at the end of Gremlins 2. Mm -hmm. And then, uh uh-oh, one of Ghidorah's heads start rising up again. Is he back? Nope. Godzilla's just chowing down on it. And he vaporizes it through King Ghidorah's throat with his uh, radioactive fire. All the monsters come and bow to Godzilla as he stands atop the ruins of Boston. Which, the ruins look much... Bigger than a city like Boston would probably create. (laughs) (laughs) But what are you going to say about that? Uh, They had to take a little bit of license because, you know, if Boston was accurate size, Godzilla would just kind of like step on it and not notice and just keep walking. Yeah, maybe this posits an alternate world where when monsters showed up, Boston just built a lot more buildings. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the monsters bow to Godzilla and he roars. Finally, he is undefeated as the king of the monsters or is he because during the credits this is the craziest part i knew they were going to set up a king kong battle of course they are and there's some headlines on websites that are like monsters head to hollow earth tunnel in skull island skull island is a king bigger than a god but they also have headlines that are like monster poop the best fertilizer, monster se- monster cells, a new superfood. Yeah. Plants grow everywhere. Fourteen species taking off. Emp- and species
0: rebuilds list. the Amazon forests. Yeah, it literally says like that. that. it's, it's basically that.
1: like the entirety of the
3: movie Batteries Not Included, where these little space robots help this <laughs> these old people save their <laughs> their building. Right? Except
1: the old people are humans and the building is Earth. But it was like, yeah. wait, so just but at having no point monsters... it's like
3: Godzilla climb onto a little grill and somebody confuse him with a burger patty. And <laughs> <put> <laughs> it'd have to be, it'd be a pretty big grill and a
1: pretty big piece of cheese to throw in Godzilla. Anyway, I guess we're the only ones who remember batteries not included. (laughs) Nobody else here likes the later works of Don Amici. (laughs) Guess I won't start talking about Karina Karina. Anyway, so... But it it posits that the monsters will really solve every single environmental problem we have. And then, Kong Battle is teased. Credits. And then the end of the credits. uh Uh-oh. Charles Dance. He didn't die in this one. And he's brought to... somewhere? An underground warehouse? I don't know. Uh Where they've got one of Ghidorah's heads. Uh-oh, something tells me we might see a Mecha Ghidorah at some point. And if we don't, fuck this movie. Uh, don't tease me that way.
0: All right, really, really, really yeah, fast. Yeah, we're running long, sorry. Really fast. Uh, final judgments. This is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, movie kind of like Elliot. Go. I uh, did not like it. I thought it was a bad movie because well, it's
1: just like it's a boring movie. It doesn't want to give me monsters, and I want monsters from my monster movie.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say it's bad, bad. Two, the way you explained it, even with all your like weird digressions and us not actually seeing the movie, was much clearer than the actual plot of the movie. I cut
1: out yeah, a lot of the scenes uh, where people talk around fake science stuff, and Bradley Whitford's like making jokes about nothing in particular. And... Yeah,
0: it's just real dull. Elliot or Elliot Stewart. <laughs> what? Well, Stelliot, I'm
1: Stelliot tonight.
3: (laughs) You know, uh, I've gone on record saying I like a big Godzilla. You know, like I like one with a lot of meat on his bones. But this movie, not so much. This movie could have lost a little bit of meat because I feel like if you edited out maybe an hour of it and it was mainly just monster fights, I'd be down. So, bad bad movie. (laughs) All right.
2: Does our podcast deep dive into the weirdest Wikipedia pages we can find? Yes. Do we learn about scam artists, remote islands, horrible mascots, beautiful diseases, and mythical monsters? Yes, 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 absolutely. And yes, do we retain any of this knowledge? Yeah, uh, probably not. I'm Emily Heller. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. We make art and comedy and TV shows and also the podcast Baby Geniuses. For the past eight years, we've been trying to learn new things about the world and each other every episode. But well, let's be honest: this podcast is mostly about two friends hanging out shooting the breeze and making each other laugh we're horny we like gardening and horses and we get real stupid on here but like in a smart way yeah join us
1: every other week on maximum fun
2: judge john hodgman ruled in my favor
0: judge john hodgman ruled in my friend's favor judge john hodgman ruled in my favor i'm judge john hodgman You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I hear their cases, I ask them questions, they're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, my dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time.
2: Instead of cutting his own hair with a flowbee, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join
0: a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts.
2: Thanks, Judge John Hodgman.
0: Hey, everyone. Hoping that you're enjoying this live Godzilla show, Uh, the second show, along with Alita Battle Angel from our double show in Boston. Uh, Both of them very good. We miss doing these shows dearly. We hope to have uh, the chance to get back on the road sometime soon. But uh, since this is a live show, you know what that means. A solo ad read. And the first sponsor of the show is Squarespace. A service that helps you create a beautiful website. To turn your cool idea into a new website. Again, that should not be a separate bullet point blog or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds, and much, much more. Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers, everything optimized for mobile right out of the box, a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions, free and secure hosting my God, Squarespace! How do you do it? Look, it's 2020. Everyone of you should have a website. Each and every one of you should go out and make a website with Squarespace. I don't care if you don't have any sort of like public-facing uh, persona or any business. Just you know, make a website and uh, put up uh, pictures of your dog. You know, you might ask, doesn't Instagram do that for me for free? Yeah, but you know. Make it a destination, you know? Make it special. Make it real nice for everyone. Hey, uh, we're also sponsored by the Kitty Poo Club. The Kitty Poo Club, who is giving us money to make me say Kitty Poo Club. Are you a proud cat person like I am? You love your cat, but that doesn't mean you, you love having a litter box in your home. Lord, no. It's a box full of dusty, clumpy sand that your cat... Peas and poops in kitty poo club takes care of the more unpleasant parts of cat ownership so you can get back to loving your furry friend yeah you don't want to resent your furry friend for pooping everybody poops i read a book about it hey every month kitty poo club delivers an affordable high quality recyclable litter litter box that is pre-filled with the litter of your choice the boxes are leak-proof eco-friendly and have a fun design for every season it's like your cats pooping in a, uh, a seasonally appropriate spa. When the month is up, just recycle the box and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. No changing used litter and no more cleaning the box. And right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering you 20% off your first order when you set up auto ship by going to kittypooclub.com and entering a promo code Flop. Just go to kittypooclub.com and enter promo code flop to get twenty percent off when you set up auto ship. That's kittypooclub.com, and don't forget to enter promo code flop at check at checkout. Not check to help support our show. Uh, we have a couple of jumbo troms here, jumbo troms that um. Yeah, Tron, uh, the movie Tron was angry. They were going to sue us for uh, a copyright infringement. So now we're Jumbotroms. A longtime flopper, first-time Tronner, Ben Carter, with a dumb Jumbotron asking Flophouse Nation to support the Kentucky Equal Justice Center. It's a righteous org working to make sure everyone, black, brown, or white, has the health care, housing, and money they need to thrive. Floppers love horror, and KEJC fights actual horrors like poverty, racism, evictions, gerrymandering, and zombie debt collection. That's legit what it's called. Help KEJC keep the horror where it belongs in Shocktober. And you can donate to the Kentucky Equal Justice Center at bit.ly slash dumbotron. That is Dumbo like the elephant uh what a nice jumbotron to help the world uh this message is for jojo it is from justine and justine says to jojo happy birthday little brother here's to the world's greatest 37 year old man trapped in the body of a 26 year old boy my gift to you is hearing happy birthday from the mouths of three gentlemen, well, one, who might actually have chuckled at your proposal to name a new truck, Alan Truck. Keep being my favorite, also only, brother, love, teeny. I would have chuckled at Alan Truck. Thank you for sharing it. Um, <clears throat> that's all before we get back to the live show. Uh, I, I hope that we will have something to announce about a virtual live show soon. Uh, but as of this moment, we rejoin ourselves in Boston. We like to close out these shows with a little bit of audience questions, and we asked, got... it, "Was that a question?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, we no, do. We, we've got uh, let's let's say around twelve minutes. There's a microphone There's right
2: there. We can't answer right too many here. questions.
0: We'll try.
1: We got to make these questions fast and furious. Another reference to Stuart's presentation from earlier. Oh, bless you. Godzilla, bless me. Hey, guys. Hello. Uh,
0: so if, uh, if you guys were a kaiju, which would, who would you be?
3: Well, I would obviously be Gamera because I'm a friend of children everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I wanna... And I
1: do a lot of cool spin attacks. <laughs> That's true. And you, have, and you can flame out of your leg holes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I want to believe I'd be Godzilla, but I'd be probably one of the awkward ones like Megalon.
0: <laughs> Can't really do anything. Look, uh, I've always had a fondness for Mothra. I know she's uh, supposedly the queen of the monsters. I don't care. I'm not gonna like box myself in that way, Elliot. Uh-huh. Uh, and I mean, uh, I, I think it also makes
3: sense because uh, of the way that you react to the Mothra song.
1: Yeah, Dan. Every time I sing it, it's like you can't you can't help it. I but think skip it might a be a hate crime, so that's why I don't like it. <laughs> hate crime? I'm not sure. I just. Uh... All right. Next question. Yes, uh, uh, Lyman.
0: Oh, shoot, that's too obvious. Sorry, L... Uh,
1: it's okay, just L ask the man. question. Okay, anyway, um, I have a... Uh, this movie features a lot of, like, flying monsters. You uh, know it. and we all A know lot that. of flying monsters. Yeah, and, like, that's impossible, right? Like, the biggest birds weigh, like, under 20 pounds. So what I want to know is, like, uh, are there any movies out there that actually feature like realistic physics kind of about like giant monsters any giant monster movies that feature realistic physics i would take issue with the 20 pound limit you're setting on flying animals quetzalcoatl anyone thank you anyway okay so but uh but he had hollow bones uh that's how he stayed so thin no matter what he ate uh i don't realistic i mean uh any monster that big would probably collapse under its own weight at a certain point. They're literally yeah. thousands of feet tall, and they're radioactive, so their cells are deteriorating yeah. rapidly. <laughs> it doesn't make you stronger,
0: right? What about like uh, the not, the not like the Hulk? What yeah. about the blob when the blob gets really big? Because oh, the blob doesn't yeah. have—it's like just a blob.
3: I know? guess, yeah. I guess the blob is just a blob. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's,
1: it's, all, it's all. I think it's I'm gonna call there that in the name, McCoy's theorem. <laughs>
0: Next question. Hi, Mike, last name withheld. Hey Mike. If you were not in the flop house, God forbid, and you were at
3: <laughs> and you were at one of your own live shows, what question would you ask
1: yourselves? Hmm, what question would we ask ourselves if we were not in the flop house at a <laughs> flop house live show? I'd be like, Dan, why'd you kick me out of the flop house?
0: Mike, my, my question would be, how dare you, sir? Yeah. DARE YOU, SIR,
3: I WOULD SAY, HEY GUYS, IF YOU HAD A STAND FROM THE COMIC BOOK SERIES, JOJO'S BIZARRE ADVENTURE, WHICH OF THE MAJOR ARCANA OF THE TAROT WOULD YOU CHOOSE, AND WHAT COLORS WOULD YOU USE? UH, I AWAIT MY ANSWER. NEXT QUESTION, PLEASE.
0: Sam, last name withheld. Indeed. Fuck Mary Kill Uh-oh. Godzilla Ghidorah and America's sweetheart Kyle Chandler. Oh
1: okay. Fuck Mary Kill Kyle Chandler. That's crazy you marry
0: Kyle Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a good coach. Mm, I mean... Yeah, I mean, this is a weird... Like, okay, can we all talk about Fuck, Mary Kill for a second? Because... Dan, if
1: you're going to question the premise of something that is obviously we don't want to kill these people. Come on.
0: Dan... I'm just saying... Are you going to take a brave stand against this thing nobody really look, wants this is, to do? I'm just saying... Hold on. This whole game posits a lockhorn style world where marrying someone means the death of of sex.
1: No, I don't think that's it at all. It's the it's the it's that who is the person you that you want
0: someone... who is the person that
1: you want to be with all the time and have sex with all the time? Uh-huh. Who's the person you just want to do it once cuz the story's going to be nuts? Okay. And for me that would be King Ghidorah. That's right. Wow. I would marry Godzilla. Kyle Chandler, I'm sorry. Just I don't have anything against you, but you just didn't make the cut. I'm a G fan. Come on, I'm not a Friday FN, FNL fan. Friday Night Lights, not the same, You're, not the yeah, same yeah. degree.
3: You're saying you have uh, wait closed yeah. eyes and wait. Yeah, my heart is empty. An empty heart, empty heart, and, heart and, and I always lose. lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did it. <laughs> oh man, smoke's coming out of my ears.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, next
0: question. You're, you're very good with antonyms, Stuart.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hi, I'm Jake. Uh, a couple years ago, I sent you guys a letter asking you about the machete order for the Fast and the Furious. Um, you never actually answered the question.
2: Oh.
1: oh. That's, that's not why I'm here. Oh, thank God. I was worried for a second. Thank God. That, I was like, yeah. that's how it ends. <laughs> so, Well, I've got a machete for you. Shing. So... A few years before that, a friend of mine showed me a movie called The Zero Effect. and we Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was like, if you don't laugh at this one particular moment, I know that you're not going to enjoy the rest of the movie. It was when Ben Stiller was unlocking locks for like 10 or 15 minutes of the movie. (laughs) So have you ever shown a movie to someone when you sat them down, you're like, I know you're not going to have fun with this if you don't have fun with this particular moment? And what is that moment? Hmm, a movie where you show it to somebody else and you know... If they're not going to like this moment, they're not going to like the whole movie. Hmm. hmm. I guess maybe, I don't know. You sit down someone and you say, you're going to watch the last half hour of Mother, and if you don't like it, let's not watch the first hour and a half. Because this movie is not going to a place you want to go.
3: I remember right after college, uh, sitting down with my ex-girlfriend's d- dad and pulling out a recently purchased copy of the DVD of Blade Two, and I'm like... <laughs> Like if he's not into this opening, I don't think he's gonna like the rest of it. And that was really true,
0: but I liked it. Uh, I mean, I know that we go. He's to more the, of a Blade <laughs> One guy. <Yeah. laughs> I know that we go to the Gremlins Two well a lot, but if you don't like the fact that the movie begins with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck fighting over the Warner Brothers logo, you're not gonna. If you're like, what the? F- I thought this was a Gremlins movie. Then
1: uh, show them the door, please. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay, next question, please. Hi,
0: Michelle. Last name Bofeld. Uh, I need help settling an argument. Who would win in a fight, Godzilla or Superman?
1: Who would win a fight, Godzilla or Superman? Oh. Are we talking pre-crisis or post-crisis Superman? I'm just going to leave now so. Because pre-crisis Superman could move a planet, but post-crisis John Byrne was like, let's depower him a little bit. Here's the I think, ooh, probably Superman, I don't know, cuz he'd fly him into space and hurl him in the sun. But here's the story I want to tell. Yeah. And I always wanted to tell it. I always wanted to tell it in a sad way that they Godzilla's destroying the city and they enlist Dracula and he bites Godzilla, turning Godzilla into a vampire so the sun destroys him but the radioash- radiation from Godzilla's blood kills Dracula and they build a statue to him <laughs> because he sacrificed himself to save humanity. So, Stuart, who do you think would win, Godzilla or Superman?
0: Dracula? <laughs> hey, guys, I just wanted to see what's going on this side of the, the Oh, building. Dan has
1: gone to the other side of the room. Oh, okay. Are you done? Do you have an answer to the question, Dan? No. <laughs> okay, let's move to the next question, then. I
3: think Dan's Superman knowledge begins and ends with Lois and Clark. Of which, Godzilla never appeared. No, that's oh. true. Well, hey, Tony, last name withheld. Hello. I know Elliot likes fried chicken. You
1: know yeah. it. You just said.
3: Yeah. So I was wondering, which kaiju would you like to eat, and
1: how would you prepare them? Oh, man. What kaiju would I like to eat, and how I would prepare it prepare? Well... Let's say fried. Come on. You gotta go with Rodan, because he's a big bird. It's the biggest fried chicken ever. But Although he might be too spicy for you, because he's like a firebird. Yeah, that's true, and I, like, I prefer mild to spicy. Uh, also, uh, you know what? I take Angyrus. And I would just cook the ribs, barbecue them, because he's got big ribs. Yeah, sure. How long do you think it would take you to skeletonize a kaiju, Elliot? <laughs> to skeletonize? Yeah. I mean, more than I have time on this earth, Dan, probably. I mean, which kaiju are you talking about, though? Because there's some are bigger than others. Like, Because uh, Eberra, crack them open. I mean, it's not skeletons, it's exoskeleton, I guess. That was a bad choice. Uh <laughs> what looked about, like an uh, asshole. Spidor, the giant... No, but he's, again, exoskeleton. Okay. Or spider. Uh, we're wasting everyone's time. Please. Uh... <laughs> Hi! Hollis, last name withheld. I would like to play Radio Zork. Oh, okay. Someone would like to step up and try their hand at Radio Zork. Everyone's favorite text-based radio call-in. Choose you an adventure show. Yeah, please. I would like to scream. Just for like a while. Okay, you scream at the for door, a door for a while. Time passes. Your throat becomes hoarse. There is no answer. Thank you. The door remains closed. Thank you for playing. That's Radio Zork. I gotta tell you, not a bad strategy. Oh, no. Yeah. Some, one of these days, someone's gonna get that dang door open and we're gonna start this adventure. It. Yeah. Uh,
0: Josh, last name withheld. Uh, my friend is, uh, unfortunately, he was going to be here tonight, but he can't be. He is moving from Medford to Maryland for a job. And, Elliot, specifically, uh, could you give him a piece of advice for uh, someone who had to move uh, locationally? recently
1: oh okay uh yeah so, move and,
0: locationally <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i guess temporally other, as we're all yeah, doing yeah. <laughs> yeah we all move through our lives you know yeah um
1: they, so islands w- in the stream i call us <laughs> advice for someone moving temporally here's the thing as an adult it's hard to make friends without seeming creepy and especially when you're in a new place but you gotta push through that because without a local social network, you're gonna feel isolated, and you're gonna start thinking you don't like it there when really you just don't like being by yourself, probably. So reach out to people you work with, or if there's a local club that does things you like, rocketry, chess, I make mean, sure it's an adult club, not a kids club. But like, like what about the Burger like, King kids? That's club? just what I was gonna say. That's okay for everybody, because we're all kids when we're at Burger King. Yeah. A kid can be a kid, right? That's where Burger King yeah. slogan. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's what I would say. Good question and good answer. Thank you. Wait, Next it, question, uh, please. Wait, wait,
0: hold on. Wait, is the Burger King slogan have it your way? The Burger King slogan is have because think... it. Because that can seem very angry. Like, I have it your way.
1: <laughs> it's a passive-aggressive slogan, yeah. yeah. We made these choices for a reason about what we put on a burger, I but
0: guess, sure. have it your way. Have it your way.
1: It's a Burger King world. You're just living in it. <laughs> is that one yeah (laughs) godzilla burger king of the monsters uh next question please the penultimate question
3: uh so a friend of mine, seven-year-old saw this movie and i asked him what he thought of it and he said it was the best movie he had ever seen Mm -hmm. and i and i thought i mean to be
1: fair if when if i saw this when i was seven it probably also would have been the best movie i ever saw
3: right i mean i was thinking if i if someone asked me that when i was seven i probably would have said the cat from outer space but I, I was wondering, uh what, <laughs> uh, what about Seven Samurai, dude? <laughs> I mean, it has seven. <laughs> I just thinking of, like, shitty thing. Okay, I'll show you. <laughs> I mean, when I was seven, Videodrome was really big. Anyway, you're saying. Uh, just wondering, you know, if someone had asked you guys when you were seven what your favorite, what the best movie you ever saw was.
1: If someone asked us when we were
0: seven what the best movie we ever saw was. I think mine would have been Beastmaster.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a good one. A lot, lot of ferrets. Got a couple of ferrets in it. <laughs> the FQ is very high in Fair that movie. Portion, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I would have said, and this is going to shock Dan McCoy, who was loudly telling me earlier this movie does not work, Dark Crystal, a
0: movie I still whoa, love. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's be clear. I think the movie is beautiful. I love Jim Henson and all he did. I think that it's an amazing work of imagination. Sense and the a- butt. The Brian Froud <laughs> designs are great. I just think that narratively, as a piece of drama... It's kind of boring. Continue.
1: My seven-year-old self and my 37-year-old self would disagree, but that's okay. We live in America. Everyone can have different opinions about Dark Crystal or whether they need more information from Alita Battle Angel. A little (laughs) reference when you hear that episode. Stuart, what would you say? Maybe Ski
3: Patrol? (laughs)
1: It's
3: about some people who work for a ski patrol and
1: they get into trouble. All right, last question. Last question better be about ski patrol. <laughs> I am Jack, last name withheld. Um, Dan in a previous episode, I think it was uh, the Robin
0: Hood episode, Feet to the Fire Dan McCoy. Yeah. I'm, s- I'm scared for a couple reasons. Number one, I don't know where this is going. Number two, this man is far too handsome to be a podcast fan, so <laughs> Thank you. Pro- Dan, probably probably some kind of assassin. Everyone, oh, else everyone else in the audience, Dan. Just to suck up to the stranger. Dan,
1: this is like Dan, we, we uh, it was uh, it was announced we were on a new uh, podcast streaming service or no, we were newly on a, an old podcast streaming service and Dan was like we're on this service now we used to not like them but now they're okay. <laughs> Dan, we don't you don't need to say everything. <laughs> that's that's a me.
2: <laughs>
1: but anyway, right, go hand, on, sir. I'm handsome <laughs> question asker, what did Dan say that you either want to know more about or oh, attack? He's more? not
2: gonna like this, but um, <laughs> sure. He referred to himself as chaotic good because he liked watching porn on airplanes.
1: <laughs> I don't. Uh, let's, that. I, I have to assume there's some context that made more sense. Sorry, I changed that up a mind little
0: bit. Nude scenes on airplanes, but continue. I think we'll have to consult nude the record scenes. at some point. I do not watch porn on airplanes. No one report me. I don't want to have to. I mean, to it's go. it's all it's art. <laughs> The Dan character, maybe. I don't know. It's,
2: sorry, go on. But on the um, lawful, chaotic, good-bad axis, uh, where would you, Elliot and Stewart, put yourselves and maybe some other uh, Flophouse favorites like the house cat or crawdaddy? Well, the, uh, well
3: you know. The, the house cat is obviously true neutral. You could never... He, blo- he goes where the wind takes him. Um... I'm probably lawful good, you know. I follow the rules, pay my taxes, <laughs> Don't comb my hair. Wait,
1: do you? Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> what are you, a cop? <laughs> I'm probably I'm probably annoying good. I think that's probably my my status. And Crawdaddy, when he was young, he was chaotic good, but now, you know when you're living in a C- Connecticut subway and there's uh. You put up a basketball hoop in the driveway and they they tell you to take it down because it's against the neighborhood regulations back in the bayou, you'd shoot that man. <laughs> but here in the nutmeg state we take down a hoop, so now he's lawful good, so
0: I can't think of a better way to end than with the <laughs> appearance of the most popular thing on our show. Crawdaddy. Thank you so much for sticking around for a late show. Thank you to City Space. Thank you, thank Boston. Boston. Thank you the Boston area. For the Flop House. I mean, we usually would hang out. We can't. It's a late show. But thank you for coming. For the Flop House, I've been Dan McCoy.
1: I've been Sure Wellington. I'm Ellie Kalin. Thank you. Hi, thank you for being here.
0: It's kind of a disappointment, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
1: You say on this episode, we talk about... (laughs)
2: MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.